Welcome to another Breakthrough Research Podcast episode. I'm Marjorie. I'm a senior lecturer in Ethical Artificial Intelligence at Sheffield Halle University, and I'll be hosting today's episode. The Breakthrough Research Podcast is supported by the Industry and Innovation Research Institute at Sheffield Halle University, and we are going to give you an insight into the work that we do. On your lunch, in the morning or evening, we want to be there on your break. Screens down and tune in to learn so much more about not only new and exciting research, but also the journeys behind the researchers themselves. Today, we have with us Dr. Alessandra Principali. She's a senior lecturer in pharmacology and neurobiology, and is also part of the bioscience and chemistry research group. Hello, everybody. Nice to be here. We are making the recordings by digital platform with simple equipment that we have available. The episode you are listening to now was recorded on 21st of March, 2022. So now, hello, Alessandra. So welcome and thank you for, for joining us today. The first question I would like you to tell our listeners is, what path led you to your current work and at Sheffield Holland? Thank you, Marjorie for the question. It's, uh, it's quite a long story, but I'll try to, ca to cut it as short as possible. Science was always my passion. So uh, I studied science in, in Milan, got my graduation, and then work uh, into different university institutions, and then moved to Birmingham, University of Birmingham at the medical school and increasing my interest and channeling my interest uh, towards uh, something more specific. But then I needed, as anybody else, uh, something more uh, secure position. And so uh, the availability at Shum was uh, there for me and I, I took it. Fantastic. So you told us you always loved science and you, you had some work experience before coming to Sheffield Holland. So can you tell us, you know, you have a very cool title. You are, a, 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 you, we work with pharmacology and neurobiology. So can you tell our listeners in very simple terms, what does that mean? So what do you do with pharmacology and neurobiology? But the two things are uh, marrying pretty well together because um, my research is interested in the specific type of epilepsy, which is not uh, treatable with drugs. So the main focus of it uh, is to find new molecules which are effective in treating this specific type of epilepsy. So you can see that the two branches uh, are really blending into each other. The pharmacology applied to treat some neuro disease. Fab. So it sounds very interesting. So you, you, you probably work with biology because you have biology and then pharmacology. So can you tell our listeners, what is your day-to-day -day life? So what do you do in the lab? Do you work with brains? Do you have to use lots of drugs? So can you tell us, can you give us a sense of what happens in the lab for someone who works with pharmacology and neurobiology? Of course I can. The majority of these kind of studies uh, 
uses animal models of the disease where the new chemical entities, the new drugs, are tested first on cells, of course. That is always the first step when a new drug is, uh, has been defined, characterized. And then we move to animal model and to study the, the action, the physiological action of the drugs in this animal model, we do some people uh, do comportamental studies on the animal and people more uh, interested in the molecular aspects uh, are working on the brains of these animal models uh, for the disease because it's not easy to get human tissue which i manage to do i i have worked and i'm still working on some human tissue but it's very challenging very a lot of work to get the natives approval since you gave us you know an indication that, of what you are doing now so you are working with with human tissue can you give us a, a general summary of what current projects you have you are working at the moment yes of course uh, the, the actual project is uh, all focus on this type of epilepsy, which is called temporal lobe epilepsy, and is there to better understand what is the pathophysiology or what is going wrong in the brain of people affected by this disease. And if we can understand that, we can design better drug to treat these people because this, the people not responding to medicines, for them, the last resort is undergoing surgery and have a small, very small part of their brain removed, which at the end is beneficial for them. But it would be even better if this, also these people have some drugs that are effective for them and avoid any surgery, which is in any case pretty invasive. And it's a huge cost on an NHS. Wow, that sounds very exciting and, and very a very important piece of research. So thank you, thank you for doing that for you know society as a whole. Now you mentioned you sound very passionate on, on the topics uh, that you work. Um, and you mentioned, you also mentioned that you, you always enjoy science. So if we look back and, and saw, you know, Alessandra, young Alessandra, when she was, you know, in school, can you tell us what make you enjoy science at school and who inspired you when you were younger? Uh, I think I started to enjoy science even before going to school because at the end of any dinner, I was used to mix up different uh, you know, oil, vinegar, water to see the different phases. And then when I started primary school, which was named after, I think, the biggest human being in history, which is Leonardo da Vinci, I was tremendously inspired by this man. Also because the school, which was a public school, provided a lot of facilities. So, and I don't know, I was really fascinated, but in Milan there, is a, there are a lot of his uh, works uh, anywhere you go in Milan because he spent 
a good part of his life in there. When I was a little child, I always wanted to go to the Museum of Science and Techniques in Milan because it was full of work by him. So he was my inspiration. Fantastic. Amazing. Yeah, it must be a childhood, you know, growing up in a city like Milan. Excellent. Um, can you tell us, so you are an academic, you are in Sheffield Harlem. You spoke a lot about your research, but I'm curious, you are also teaching as well, because that's what we do. We do both. We teach and then we do research. So can you tell us what is the most enjoyable part of teaching the new generations? And what would you say is the least Okay, the most enjoyable part is when I, I chat with my PhD students, master students, undergraduate students around their projects in the lab. Because first of all, the number is smaller, so we do have a better one-to-one -one interaction and they are more... Um, they become more confident in asking questions compared to during the lectures and uh, I can pass them a lot of my knowledge and a lot of uh, hints and tips and tricks uh, for the lab. So the, that is uh, one of the aspects I enjoy most of the teaching. Talking again, of course, talking about science, how to, to think about uh, how to implement the scientific community knowledge which then can be applied to hopefully to help someone with some weird disease which doesn't have necessary to be a neurological disease but you know in the department of bioscience we are interested and there is a lot of research for many different uh, diseases what I don't like very much, uh, I don't enjoy very much, unfortunately, is the marking part of the teaching job. Uh, I found it, uh, you know, repetitive because I'm reading maybe 40, 60, 100 pieces of uh, the same topic and uh, is not the most enjoyable part, but it's, it has to be done, absolutely. Indeed, I think I think this is one of the you know uh, main responses uh, throughout the podcast. You know which which part you don't enjoy. So I think we have a tie between getting grants rejected with you know <laughs> having to do the marking. So marking is is a big a big hurdle. Um, can you tell us? Can you share as well with our listeners? Um, when do you see it was a turning point that you said, okay, this is after this thing happened in my life. I realized I was sure that what I wanted to do was to become an academic and do research and teaching. Can you, would you be able to piece what, what was the reason that, you know, made you want to become a, a, an academic? But I think when I started uni, I already knew that. I, I chose a, a faculty a degree which would have led me to be an academic because that was my dream. Uh, and then, you, you know, along the, the path, you find some obstacles. But if you're determined to get there, you will, I guess, different treatment. And in Italy, probably was a bit more evident on some occasions. 
and still now it's not easy at all but i i would say society is trying to moving in the right direction and a bit faster compared to when i started because i started a long time ago and i don't want to re to remind to remember how long was that and what can i say to the younger women uh, possible future scientists never give up never give up it's not easy there are different ways of uh, bypassing an obstacles maybe sometimes the direct way is not the best but going around it it could be even more satisfying more strategic more satisfying but be prepared ladies because till now uh, i was talking about uh, the disease i'm i'm interested and in, uh, even the national society against epilepsy is uh, still very male dominated and every time i go to those meetings uh, as a head of as a female head of lab i'm the only one and that is upsetting me it's making me sad because it's not the way it should be so there is still a lot that can be done uh, at the last international meeting thank god there was a, a workshop for women organized by women most more senior women and younger women to make their voices listen fantastic yeah i think i think i have to add my voice to yours so um uh having uh role models like yourself it's very important as well so thank you thank you for talking to our, our audience and especially our female audience because i think the more we we work in this sector or any sector as as women in science basically we we learn that we have to give our hand to the next generation so we will we will drive the change so yeah i think that's a, a very very good um piece of advice you gave us right so we are moving towards the end of our chat i hope you are enjoying as much as i am having a chat with alessandra so now let's talk about you know not too much about work what does alessandra do when she's not working can you tell us yes alessandra goes a lot to the gym or as much as possible uh cooks i like to cook for friends and share my food uh, with close friends i go to work again with friends and uh, for the time being i think that's the most uh, of my hobbies and then i've got also a long distance family to look after a bit right fantastic yeah i think going to the gym is an excellent advice especially if you are listening to us and you are doing research you know going to the gym is very important to keep our mental health right alessandra so you told us about your research that's awesome you told us about you know the things that you like about teaching and the things that you really you don't like sometimes but can you tell our audience if they got interested in pharmacy in chemistry and neurobiology what are the options so if you are in school and you'd like to do a degree 
Could you give us an idea of what kind of degrees they can do? If, you, if they are doing a degree and they want to do a master or a PhD or a research project, so can you give us an overview? Similar in sense of research, and your, I would define your research a bit more dry because you don't use wet things like sensor or baffles or so on. Uh, so, in any of these bioscience degree, they can, bioscience is a, a, a sort of umbrella word, including a lot of the other sub-families sub, uh, uh, of science that I've mentioned. And then it's, uh, of course, it's always a personal choice, but if they're interested in, in being involved in research or becoming academics, I would advise to do as better as they can during their undergraduate, really be involved, uh, make an effort, uh, and then they can easily go towards a master, because we do offer master, sure, but any university can offer a master, or even more if for, they can go for an MRES, which is a master in research, even more oriented toward research. A master is uh, wider in the sense that after a master, the young generation can go towards a PhD studentship or start to be oriented towards a pri the private sector, like a pharmaceutical company. Of course, pharmacy is another choice, uh, between the undergraduate courses and there are then a lot of MSc in all the, the, the branches of pharmacy and pharmacology and that's all a personal, personal um, thing and if someone is more oriented towards, uh, I don't know, neurobiologists, there are uh, universities in UK that offer masters and then PhD uh, more focus on the neurobiology and maybe less on the pharmacology, but you know, it, when you're doing this kind of job, you must know a bit of everything, of the basic science, a bit of physics, a bit of chemistry, organic, inorganic, uh, a bit of physiology, and then blend all together in your baggage of knowledge and experience too. So you are well equipped to move on to your next step. Fantastic. So if you are interested in all those options that Alessandra gave you, we will have her contact. So I'm sure if you are interested in, in understanding more about the degrees in talking about epilepsy and the, the specific strand that she works on, or even pharmacology and neurobiology, get in touch because I'm sure she will be very happy to, to, to reply to your questions. Right. So I hope you we enjoyed our break time podcast. Thank you, Alessandra, for joining us. My pleasure. Thank you for uh, having me here. See you next time where we will be meeting with another of our researchers. So screens down and tune in. You won't want to miss it. Goodbye.